S-A-M-I-R-Y-E. Sammy Rye here, coming to get you guys again with that podcast with Sammy Rye. Hope you guys are having an amazing week. This is episode, I think, 27 of the podcast. I hope I didn't get that wrong. That'd be stupid, right? You're like, wait, this is episode 28. I don't know. But that means there's 27 weeks doing the podcast um, every Thursday, which is awesome. And I got to tell you guys, the last four or five weeks for me have been extremely difficult. Um, but I'm starting to see I'm starting to see that ray of light coming through the clouds. And that's why the words of the week this week is wait for your time, right? Wait for your time. If you know, if you have that confidence in yourself, I know what it's like to be there, to go through those situations where you're feeling like this is the end. You're feeling like, why are you still doing this? This is so horrible. I've been there. I was living it. I was living it for the last three or four weeks. It was maybe the darkest time ever, right? Honestly, I, I always thought back to this, this time when I was about 16 or 17, um, I was with a girl, and I thought I got her pregnant. And uh, it was like it was like the worst time in my life. I always refer to that worst time in my life because it wasn't something that I planned on. I was so young, and I didn't have any resources. And it wasn't obviously what the plan was supposed to be. And I was so worried. And I felt walking around like I was just a zombie. Like everything I did felt like it just didn't matter because I had no way of taking care of this this possible kid or whatever. And then when that didn't happen, and that those clouds broke away, that obviously taught me a valuable lesson. You know, I was extra careful moving forward, that kind of thing. And then, you know, it gave you that life. That life came back. But it's so hard. It's so hard to think that you're ever going to get back to that place when you're in that dark place, right? So if you're in that dark place now, if you end up in that dark place again in the future, just know, you know, it may not make you feel that much better to hear it. But, um, you know, when, when you have that period open up for you, you get to get back to life. It is the best. It is truly the best. And I have to, I'm happy to share that I'm feeling like that's what's happening this week. You know, it's Thursday. Um, in about three or four days, I will be in Disney World, which is awesome, right? Um, and it took a lot. It took so much. Uh, there's no way I can describe how much it took to get to the point where, you know, me and my family could experience something like that. I've been married for 10 years. Um, never really had a vacation. We, we had a vacation earlier, uh, like about a few months ago, and it's kind of like a mini little vacation to um, this resort in PA uh, called Great Wolf Lodge, which was cool. It was nice. It was a nice little thing to do, um, and that was to celebrate my wife graduating college. And she's been she's been working at college for about four or five years, uh, finishing up some things, and then she entered into a special program. Uh, yeah, and it's it's been a lot of hard work and sacrifice. And, you know, when you set out on those paths, it's easy to say, hey, well, sacrifice. We're going to do this, right? And you say, okay, fine, and you hop in. Um, and, I mean, it's grueling. The, the, the process is so grueling. And, um, you know, I know whenever you're doing something like that, whatever you're setting out to do, you know, you, you go in to do it because that's what you feel like you need to do. You feel like it's important. You know, for my family, it was, it was absolutely important. After I had gotten certified in network engineering, after I had gotten a job and I moved into a different kind of, basically a career, right, going from a job to a career, it was important that my wife was able to have that too, not just for us, but for our kids, for our kids to have more resources. It was setting a foundation for the future that we thought was very necessary. Um, still, there was there was rough times, right? Financially, you know, um, you know, uh, socially, you know, all kinds of things. You know, not being able to go places and do certain things. Um, yeah, so you know, gr- grinding that whole thing out, and, and then and then getting to the end with COVID and everything like that. There were more setbacks, and when you think you're almost there, <laughs> there's more setbacks and more setbacks, and to finally get to a point now where I'm starting to see, oh, okay, in October. I have some extra money coming in for some work I've been doing. Um, you know, some things are going to pile up. I'm saying, oh, okay, now, now I see. My wife got a new job. I'm happy to announce that to anybody who cares. Um, and then also, you know, these, it's more and more things are starting to come back into into place, right? My 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 daughter's in school. When you know, I work remote. I work remote. Um, I do like cybersecurity from home. 
And it was funny to talk to my friends because, you know, when COVID happened for all of us, if you had the opportunity to work from home, it was a very weird situation for everybody, right? Not everybody knew exactly how they felt about that and what life was going to be like. And some people were just shoved into the house, right? And they had kids at home with them. And me and my daughter, we did all the kindergarten together. My son did most of his high school year with us at home. Um, And then... You know, my wife was still actually in college. You had like four different people all on computers doing stuff in the house. It's a very different situation. So I enjoy work from home, but then I, I didn't really get to have the experience of actually being home, right? Being home and having my own office and just working from home. And now that, you know, COVID has kind of lifted to some degree, the kids are in school, my wife will be going to work, I'll actually be home. So I definitely feel like now, since I don't have to commute to work, um, and a lot of the money that gets saved there's so much more um, the creativity for the movies I'm working on for the music I'm working on um, all these things are starting to finally come together after like man I mean in some ways six years some ways and you know almost 11 years right based on where you start saying hey we need to do this this is the plan and then you have setbacks and audibles and things and I'm sure in the future there'll be more things but now that I know I built that foundation, I really feel like it's going to be not as difficult. And I've also learned to live without. That's something my mother pointed out to me, talking about things recently. My mom, um, and one thing I was happy she pointed out, she reminded me, is that you know you already know what the worst is, right? You've been through some of the worst situations. So now you know what that's like. So you came back from that, and you're going to... You're going to do better because now you have that experience, right? So next time you, you're faced with worse, you, you have the experience of a multiple times coming back from the worst. And that's a value that I want to share with everybody because she shared that with me. You know, if you're out there and you survive through things, congratulations because now you know how to survive through things. You have that in you. You know that you've done that. Remember that you've done that and you can do it again. And you have to use that to keep on going. So that's why I wanted to start the podcast this week, you know, looking forward to a brighter future. And on a different note, I want to switch over and talk about some things that I've been thinking about recently. I've been talking a lot more to people on social media, and I've been getting some good responses, some some conversations, some posts and things. I thought, you know, some of this stuff might have value to people on the podcast, right? One of them is game design, right? Game design, like everything I always talk about, you got to find the universal things that match up, right? If you think, I don't really care about game design. Well, maybe you care about music. Maybe you care about another kind of art or business. Really, what I think the universal thing about game design, like anything, it's about proper planning. It's about understanding why you're doing what you're doing. Like people open restaurants for sometimes, and they open them because they want to own a restaurant. I seen this little restaurant that I was running by earlier. Um, and it's a little breakfast, lunch, Brazilian place on the side of the highway. It looks like it used to be a garage. Um, and it might have really good food. And I felt bad running by it because it's the middle of the day. People should be going into this place. I think it only had about two or three tables. It's a very small location. I saw the guy just standing there at the counter. I don't know what he was doing, right? But it isn't. I don't know anyone that goes there. I've never seen anyone going in there. And I'm thinking, man, did he take out a loan for this place? Why did he feel like this was going to be the thing? How many people have to come in here for this really to work? I'm sure, you know, he believed in himself and he wanted to make a business. But, I mean, hopefully he's being successful. Hopefully things are going well. But as I look at that situation, I just had that feeling in my stomach where I'm like, this is not going to last, right? And I've seen so many little spots like that open and close. So you talk about game design. I feel like you can you can relate that to anything, right? Just understanding your plan and designing that plan. Um, but the reason, the reason it came up recently is because there's been some news and some um, um, developments for a video game that I enjoy called No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky is funny because... I hated No Man's Sky when it first came out. I had such an up and down. Most of the gaming community has such an up and down relationship with these people. Mainly what happened was it came out, uh, they announced it, and they had all these dreams of basically going through a whole universe, literally standing on a planet. You can get into your ship, fly into outer space, land on another planet, get out your ship with like no loading times. Something that seemed, from a technological standpoint, to be impossible. Um, and then, you know, going to all these places, you would see, like, creatures be there. You discover them. You get to name the creatures. You get to name the trees, the rocks. Like, you went to a planet as if you were an explorer, and you found these things. You would get to name them, right? 
Um, and then you also, you know, see all these things that you've never seen before because the game randomly generates how things look. So it's supposed to be this infinite video game. And it was like, this is impossible. So when the game came out, it did not live up to a lot of the hype. One of the main things was you weren't able to see other players. There wasn't really a way to play with other people, even though they kind of advertised it as a game where you can go online and you and your friends can get together with ships and you can fight other ships. And the commercials were misleading. They didn't say you could do it, but they didn't say you couldn't do it. And they kind of lived in that space. It seemed like they had plans that you could do it and weren't able to get it done in time. And they really didn't tell anyone if that wasn't really the case. So No Man's Sky's first year, they got all kinds of backlash. Really, really uh, horrible, horrible heat from everyone in the press and all the game in the game community. And they kind of one of the things they kind of use to judge that is just on Steam, you can review games and give them mostly positive, mostly negative. It's kind of the, the rating meter based on what people are saying about the game. Um, and, of course, it had really bad reviews. So five years later, they just hit the five-year mark, and these guys have been putting out free updates. They never charged anything else for the game, but they've been working and making lots and lots and lots of updates, lots of new content. Pretty much all the features that they've ever promised are completely in the game. They all work now. Yes, you and your friends can get together and explore what seems like an infinite galaxy and keep on discovering things and building things and going on missions together. Um, and then... You know, but the game is about that. That's my point. They've been really good at sticking to the design of that game. They didn't get it done in time. Um, but recently, at the five-year mark, they finally reached the mostly positive side on the, um, the Steam reviews, which was a crowning achievement for them to come back. Most companies, I don't think any company ever comes back from, from that kind of bad reviews. But they understood what the game was going to be. They had, obviously, the money and the funding to keep going that long. And it's, it's a small game studio. It's not a big studio that's, that, um, that makes this game. And it was such a good story that I wanted to share to people, people out there who are, do other things that aren't video games, um, is you know, they understood what they wanted. They had a vision. They believed in their vision. And they kept working at it. The, the reason they pushed their game out early is because they did make a deal with Sony to be only on the PlayStation. Um, and I believe that was the, the driving force as to why they came out a bit earlier than they needed to. They probably needed about another year before they came out. And over the next year after the game came out, they did put in those other features. So it, it, they were able to do it. They just kind of came out too early. Um, but with with that, you're going to have that whenever you're doing something. You might have compromised things you have to do. But if you believe in your vision and you stick to it, you say, this is what this is. This is what I want it to be. And you keep grinding at it. Now No Man's Sky and that video game company, which is Hello Games, are they're in a position that if they announce No Man's Sky 2, it's going to sell like crazy, right? If the first one did well, the second one would do even better. And even if you go play No Man's Sky for the first time, it's just such a well-developed game. It honestly has the kind of content you would expect from a game like Grand Theft Auto or Elder Scrolls Fallout. All those really big games. Um, now No Man's Sky has all that. And the game typically sells like $30 at this point because it's an older game. So that's an incredible value. If you look at a trailer, you have any interest in it, definitely got to pick it up. Um, I'm loving the new settlements feature they have. They have it now so you can build towns. Um, or you, you find towns, you help rebuild the town. Um, I think it's really cool. I enjoy doing that sometimes. So yeah. All this stuff they put into it, and they knew what their vision was, and they stuck with it, and they developed that vision. We have to know in our own lives, when we know we want to do something, you have to stick to the thing that you believe is your thing, right? Not everyone's going to agree with that thing, and that's fine. But if you believe in your vision, and you know how to work towards that vision, you only can do what you can do. You can't live life trying to fit into another person's situation. You can't live life trying to live up to someone else's expectations of you. You can't try to have someone else's dream for them, right? There's a lot of different things that happen when you're out there and you're trying to make your thing come true. 
you're going to have to work with people. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer at this point that you need people, right? I've worked by myself. I've worked with people. I've gone to different partners. I've had different companies. And I don't think you can succeed completely alone, right? You, you're going to need a manager if you're, like, in the music. You're going to need someone for the road. Um, listening to a lot of different people. I've just finished Kevin Hart's audiobook. I recently finished Matthew McConaughey's audiobook. I'm going back through his book again. Um, listening to all these stories from these different successful people, there's there, there's very similar things that I noticed. And at some point, is they meet that person that they can work with, and it's going to help them succeed. And none of them ever really do it truly alone. So you need people. There's no way around that. But then you have to be able to manage those relationships, make sure you're working with the kind of people that work with you, being on the right team, right? I think LeBron James is a good example of that, right? LeBron James is a story. If you know basketball at all, he comes into the NBA. He's on a team. It's not really the team for him. It's not really the team he needs to be on. He decides to make a controversial decision to go to a team with some other players that are the better players for him to be with. They win a championship eventually. And then after that, he's been able to win, I believe, six championships, right? Maybe seven, I think, at this point. I'm not sure. But it's a lot. It's a whole lot of championships, right? And I think if someone will go back and say, hey, well, originally, people wanted you to stay on that one team from your hometown. That's everyone's dream they kind of had for you. That's how they saw you doing that. And he's going on to have, like, he's a show on HBO. Obviously, recently, he did Space Jams, too, um, because he got a movie. Um, he's got obviously clothes. I mean, there's all this stuff. Everyone kind of knows LeBron James in one way or the other. Um, and there's other NBA players that come in and they their stories don't go that way, right? It's not a given. Somehow you might look at someone like that and think, oh, well, that's just, that's just LeBron James. There's lots of people who had chances to be huge and have those opportunities. And, you know, based on different things, some of them make different choices or they don't do certain things they're supposed to do. And unfortunately, they don't get to have, you know, all the things that they wanted in life. Hopefully they found some measure of happiness on their own. You know, I don't, I don't like putting people down or, or trying to use them as all bad stories. But it happens. If you're not paying attention and you're not doing what you're doing, it happens. And I think if it's going to happen, if you're going to lose at something, you should lose at what you wanted to do. You should say, I, I tried everything. I did everything I wanted to do. It didn't work out. I think that's something that's easier to live with than... It didn't work out because of this, because of this person, because of this situation, not because of me, but because of something else. I think that's something that's harder to live with. So looking at that whole thing and tying it back to game design, why I'm using No Man's Sky as an example, I always think it's important to try to find those universal truths because it's, you look at, you know, how you can re, you know avoid the mistakes that everyone makes in history. You can't just look in your own industry, right? Let's say like if you're into music and you're just looking at other musicians and trying to understand their stories, it sometimes feels like there's not enough stories. You might think you might be able to do something that no one else has done, not realizing that there's other examples in history as to why that will or will not work. And you can learn from those examples like we should all be learning from history. However, if you just focus in one niche and thinking this is all you want to do and that's all you need to worry about is music, you can miss out on some valuable lessons. Um, one of the first people that got me into that was uh, Robert Greene, right? Robert Greene does the 48 Laws of Power. But since then, I've read, I think, The Law of Seduction, um, the, the, the Art of Seduction. I mean, he's got so many books. I think Mastery is another one I have. And what I like about those books, because the titles are misleading, people get so wrapped up in what those books are about, like like as a, as a title, but what he does great is he just tells all these stories from histories and how they apply to whatever the overall theme is he's bundling them with. So it doesn't really matter if you care about the laws of power or if you if you want to do this or you want to do that. He's just really good at explaining these old stories and these other examples of history and how they relate to life and some of the universal truths that exist between these stories, right? Some principles about people that you can't get around. Like one, one recently that, that stuck out to me that I never really realized. Um, I can't remember who was doing it necessarily, but it was this concept of you, you never outshine the master, right? And I thought about that. I think recently I heard Nicki Minaj has she had a bar one of her songs. She said, "I'm the female Wheezy." She actually ended a song that way, and she's saying she's the female, you know, Little Wayne. If you don't know, Little Wayne's a huge rapper. Um, someone I think I've I've even gotten into more recently, and you know, 
as successful as Nicki Minaj is, again, like LeBron James, everyone knows who Nicki Minaj is. She still remembers, right? She got signed to Lil Wayne's record label, um, her and Drake, and they both kind of came up under under Lil Wayne. And that's that's amazing to me that at the, after all this time, she still takes the time to make sure she's always shouting out Lil Wayne or making sure everyone knows that he is the guy, right? And Lil Wayne sometimes is gone for a while. He's not doing music or you don't hear from him a lot. So I think a lot of people could make the mistake of the, breaking that law of power, right? That you never outshine the master. To go ahead and try to be like, oh, now I'm the person now. Like, now it's my label, right? I've taken over, something like that. That makes you think about the game. When I was coming up, a big artist I was excited about was the game. And he was under 50 Cent, who was under Dr. Dre and Eminem. And the game came out, and it was very exciting as a hip-hop fan. I liked his music. I think quickly, in like one or two years, um, he got into a feud with 50 Cent. And there was just nothing to win by that. I guess maybe it was just personal. Maybe it was just real-life stuff, and they had the feud. Or, but based on some of the music, it seemed like he was in a position, or he was trying to put himself in a position, where he thought he could, like... You know, remove 50 Cent and then he would be the next 50 Cent. He'd be bigger than 50 Cent and take over that position. And it never really worked. There was 50 Cent had such a, a fan base at that time. Um, and it kind of, I think, created a lot of bad situations at their label where they were making music. And it never really took off for the game after that. He still made music and he has other issues that has come after that. But I thought, man, you know, that situation was so powerful when they first came out. I think there were sneakers they were making. It was so much stuff going on. G-Unit was so huge. It seemed like it was one of the biggest rap groups ever. Um, and then it all just started to fall apart, right? And it wasn't just the game. I think other guys in the, in the group also didn't do that anymore. And if you look at history, now you fast forward all these years, 50 Cent is still very successful. Now he's moved over to TV. He's being successful over there, making a bunch of TV shows. And it's just like, yeah, you know, I've never heard 50 Cent stop and say, hey, you know, Eminem, forget that guy, right? He still, when he talks about Eminem, always talks about him with high regard. And, you know, why not? What is the reason if you have someone that's helping you or someone that's in a leadership position above you and they're helping you grow, why do people think that at some point if you kill them, you get to become them? Like that's, it's just, it's just a trap, right? So I realized in my own personal life I've, that I've broken that rule. I've made that mistake, right? There's been certain situations I've been in and just out of, you know, arrogance or just out of, you know, being kind of maybe young and bullheaded, I was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not doing this. With those situations, there are always people that I'm like not really aligned to, but they were people that were in a position of being considered the master and I was in their domain. And then when I'm trying to do something more than them, um, you know, they didn't like that. They didn't like that I wasn't, you know, constantly referring to them or showing people that this is the person I'm under. Um, and yeah, people don't like it. You know, I don't think anyone likes it. I think I think sometimes you might even think that your close family or friends are exempt, that they don't they don't see themselves in those positions. But then you might do certain things and realize that you even can get that kind of reaction from people that you that you love and you're really close to. You don't know. And I think when someone says, ah, well, you know, the 40 laws of power is like, you know, there's no way that could be real. There's no way those things can always apply. I mean, from my experiences, I can't think of other situations where someone comes in and then they take over that master spot. Or they try to kill that master. And, 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 and that's something that always works. I feel like it always brings some kind of bad karma at some point. Even if someone somehow is able to successfully do that, there's always some kind of downfall that comes behind it. Um, and that makes me think of Gary Vee. Gary Vee kind of talks about living life and putting out positive energy and kind of living life through gratitude. I think you can't lose that way. I do not know someone who's doing things and constantly being appreciated for people around them and shouting them out and giving them those respects. And at some point that didn't work. Like, I don't, I mean, if, I'm sure there could be maybe statistically, there must be someone who killed the master or, you know, outshined the master and it worked out for them. There has to be someone, right? But what we're talking about here is not absolutes. We're talking about just when you're making your plans, these laws of power, they're the concepts that he highlights in his books, Robert Greene, is that these are just the, the kind of rules of thumb that you really shouldn't use. And there are some um, some chapters where he 
gives examples what he'll call like a reversal to the rule and sometimes even an exemption to the rule. And he'll explain how those things kind of happen sometimes. Um, but, you know, those are more rare kind of things. So with those two things in mind, you know, game design, talking about making your plans, figuring out how to do things, and some of the things that you should be avoiding, right? When you're looking for those universal paths to success. I'm going I'm to stop there. We're going to have a quick commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to hop into some things about film, some other things going on with what I hope is going to happen for me the rest of this year and definitely beginning of next year. And just some other things, if you're interested, you want to see what Sam and Ryan feels like talking about this re- week, this is what I'm talking about this week, right? So thank you so much if you made it this far into the podcast. We're going to do the quick commercial and be right back. And we're back. Thank you guys so much for sticking with me through the podcast this week. Again, the 27th episode of the podcast, that's got me kind of excited. Um, I mean, and a lot of things I've done in life, you know, doing something for 27 weeks, that's that's a consistency that I don't know if I have ever can say that able to do that. And that's the, been the beautiful thing about the podcast. When you hear that commercial, if it's the one for Anchor, which usually it is, you know, that's what I'm saying that everyone should have a podcast. I really genuinely mean mean that. I had some great I had a great conversation this week. It definitely was a podcast worthy conversation with a, a friend of mine's um, who's into real estate. We're going to do a podcast perhaps in two days on Saturday. That might be the one I upload while I'm away at Disney. But then I also have another appointment to do a podcast about The Matrix um, and that entire franchise, the past movies, the future one. That appointment might be for tomorrow. So I might have several podcasts that are kind of just building up, basically waiting for them to come out in the right time. Um, hopefully all those things fall into place. It's been a little difficult with the beginning of you know September and school and everything like that, uh, locking people down in time. So some of those episodes I might have teased before have been pushed back. But that doesn't matter because I, I got to talk to some of the people that are going to be on it. And we just had great conversations. I'm so excited for those episodes. Um, you guys are going to love them, especially the real estate one. I had a lot of fun talking about that one. I mean, even the Matrix one, too. I mean, that's... That's just like a passion project there. The Matrix podcast is going to be awesome because I love The Matrix. I've been holding back and trying to not talk about it too much because um, I really want to sit down and talk to my guest about it because um, I know we're going to have a great conversation. So, you know, looking at all those things, I realize, you know, doing the podcast consistently is one of the best things because it's helped kind of bring my life into a place where I'm constantly thinking about consistency and it seeps in slightly into other things. That's not saying that every single thing in my life suddenly became consistent. I'm saying that some things now because the podcast is kind of this North Star, everything revolves around it. Other things have become more consistent. They happen more often because I'm constantly pushing myself to be consistent in all these little things. And it's, it's been great. It's been great meeting people. It, I've, the podcast has been such a weird way to, to introduce myself to people, to break the ice with people, to make new friends. I made a, I made a cool friend online this week, somebody that I thought was very talented um, you know, in a gaming space. And just it was interesting you know, being doing the podcast now. You know, having that as something that I do, it changes when people meet me. There's another there's another thing about me that they, they realize. They can go listen to a podcast episode. They might hear something. They might bring it up to me. Um, and that's, that's been awesome. And that's what I hope the podcast would do. The, one of the main things I hope was that people would get to know me. So as I, as I brand out and try to meet other people and network, find new people to do movies with, do music with, do anything with, I wanted to, like, how do you someone get to know me, right? How do you get to to really get an idea of who I am and I'm not just a person that is talking to you? Because if you meet a stranger, right, and that's what I'll do. I'll walk up to somebody. If I see you, like, at your job or I see you doing something and you seem exceptional to me, I'm going to walk up and introduce myself, right? Because I feel like I need to go in that direction in life. I'm like, hey, I'm Sammy and we should do something together. You know, you have a certain look. You should be in a movie. Um, you know, you're super nice. We should work together. I don't care what it is. Well, what are you into, right? I mean, I hope you do something you're doing. That's kind of how I approach people. And sometimes people are usually people laugh and they're kind of like, wow, that's a weird way to approach people. Um, and I make friends that way or these people that I can work with that way. But I think sometimes people don't know really why, where's this guy coming from, right? It's a very, I think, I think it's a very loving, I try to open my heart. It's a loving way to come on to someone. I'm acknowledging them. What I think is awesome about them and talking about them and them saying, hey, like, let's do something or let's work together some kind of way. And I think people are like, well, who's who's this guy? Like, Why would you want to do that? So being like, well, you can go listen to now 27 hours of me talking pretty much, about 27 hours. 
on a range of topics. You can browse through and see are any of these topics interesting to you. I try to touch on all kinds of topics. You can hear my take, my personality, and stuff like that. You can see, you know, is this guy some crazy guy? Or is this some guy that, you know, when he talks, I kind of can, can pick up on what he's putting down. And then decide if they're more comfortable working with me. And so far, everyone seems to enjoy it. You know, I, I believe I'm personable. I think I'm someone someone would, would want to work with. But you have to get past that initial, you know, ice-breaking kind of moment. I think with technology and people kind of not being so so open to talking, especially younger people that I work with, I think them being able to, in their own time, sit down and kind of research me, see my Instagram posts, see my stuff I put on the podcast, and anything else I put on Facebook or social media in general, then they're like, oh, okay, I can kind of see what this guy's about. I see he's a family man. I see that he's older. I see that he's you know into all these different things. He kind of just likes creating things. I feel like that's the impression I get. At least that's what the reaction I've been gotten mostly so far. And that's what I try to put out there. That's why, you know, when I do that podcast, Semirai, it wasn't one topic or just one thing. It's, again, the design I believed for my life. I thought this would be the thing that would drive things forward. Recently, I have been considering doing doing music videos. This is something that's, this. I'm just sharing ideas here, right? So if I don't do a music video anytime soon, it's not like, oh, you got to hold me to it because I said it. Um, but I like the idea. I recently started realizing that, you know, I want to do movies. I'm working on little short films and stuff like that, little screenplays for those things. Um, but I don't have a lot of actors, but um, when it comes to the, the stuff I've actually recorded, I've actually had the most experience doing music videos. And music videos are interesting because the song, at least the kind of songs I typically make and people I like make, usually ours have a story to it. We don't usually make like generic club songs where then you would just have like all B-roll. Like B-roll, if you don't know, is like the B footage, how people kind of look at it is footage that isn't really about anything. Like if you had like, if you're in a club, and then, like, you film the person in the club. That's, like, the main subject. That's, what, that's the, the person in the part of this thing. But then, like, the next shot is, like, a wine glass. If someone's, like, pouring wine into it, that's B-roll. It helps you kind of understand that you're in a club or whatever. But really, you're doing it like, oh, doesn't this look cool? There's some wine here. Sometimes people, like, will be at vacation. They're like, oh, here's me and my family. That's what it's about. But then they'll cut to, like, and here's palm trees we saw. That's kind of, that's B-roll, right? So when you do music videos and stuff, if you do anything that doesn't have a story, you end up using a lot of B-roll and then maybe like an artist is kind of tying it together. But you're cutting to just interesting looking shots. Um, and it may go with the song, it may not, right? But I like to do songs that have typically stories or about a theme when I'm making a song. So I realized like, hey, you know, if, I, if you just shot your own music videos since you are the main person in the video and then you're kind of just using B-roll... The B-roll shows off your cinematography. It shows off your ability to go out and film certain things. And then your writing is being displayed in your music. And then who you are as a person is being displayed in your performance. Perhaps you should just do a few music videos first. Maybe you shouldn't jump to doing a short film. And then that would kind of solve a problem I had. Whereas, how do I get other actors to want to be in my short films if I never shot a short film, right? I've been talking and networking with some local actors. And... And it's fine, you know, again, they have the podcast, they see who I am, people aren't, like, afraid to talk to me, they don't think I'm some kind of con artist, that mission's accomplished, but I still would really like to walk into some of those situations, especially with actors who have been in plays recently, or they're doing things locally, they're having shows, or they might have been in short films already, I'm walking in kind of, I feel like, sometimes with empty pockets. So the music videos I have done, a lot of them are pretty old. They're about maybe some, I think, 10 years old, some of them. I think that they're decent. I I enjoy them. But it just doesn't make sense, I think, to people. Why haven't you done a video, you know, more recently? And it's because mainly I've been doing adult stuff, right? Just being an adult growing up and kind of waiting to get back to that point. But like I said, now I'm seeing that, that, that opening happening where I will have the time and the resources to film something. And I've been telling myself, short film, short film, short films. First thing you got to do because people need to know you're a director. But really, I've, I've done music for most of my life, 10 years at least, right? I haven't done it recently, but I did do 10 years doing music. Last five years, maybe, I think I've just been sometimes writing music, uh, recording ideas, playing with beats and stuff like that. Never really feeling like I have a song that I want to do. But recently, coming out of that, that you know, bad experiences... I started to have those songs come back to me. And now I feel like I have songs. And I thought, well, 
why I put out a song. It's a random song. You're you're kind of doing writing and music videos. Are you doing? You want to do a short film and you want to direct? Why do a song? And I've been turned off by that idea of just putting some song on SoundCloud. I feel like it's almost off brand at this point. Even though I like music, it's just not really what I've been advertising that I want to do. Because it's not really what I want to do. I don't really want to do that. But then I thought, well, if you do your short your music videos like short films. If you tell stories through your music, it's going to let people know that you can direct, right? And you can have more updated videos. You can start there, kind of where you left off, right? I stopped doing videos when we are doing stunt team videos and music videos, right? I think the music videos were the last videos I technically did. Um, yeah, I think the Sleepy Giant video was the last one that I technically had done. So you kind of can go back to where you left off and say, here, here's a music video, and then you don't have to go get a bunch of actors, maybe a few people or maybe no one, depending on what the video is. So it's still my point is sticking to that design, saying this is what you, you want to show people, that you have these different abilities and these talents and you want to storytell. You want to go ahead and do things with video. Um, but another side thing is you happen to do music. And I think after I do maybe some of those, that might be a better way to kick off the short film. I'm not guaranteeing that. I'm saying that's an idea. I might do a short film instead. It's just really a matter of whether or not these people I'm talking to want to be in the film. If I don't have someone I think that can be the characters and for the, the, the story I'm writing, the rave story, um, it's I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it if I don't have the actors. If I don't have people I, I think can play the part, it's going to look bad. And I think that happens a lot with short films. I watch a lot of indie movies trying to see... You know, are any of them good, or what's what's what I think they're missing as a as a viewer? You know, not as as a, someone crit- criticizing them, but as a viewer, I want to enjoy these short films like I do any of them. I think sometimes they get stuff with people's friends, they get stuff with people that are just local that really weren't meant to be in there, um, in that character's role or whatever that was written, but they had to fill it with someone. Maybe they found some people, they didn't find all the people. And I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do a short film or something where you look at it and you immediately get that feeling that some of these characters are kind of sticking out like sore thumbs because those actors probably weren't the people to be in it. Um, that's why when I do write, I try to write with very few people, very few characters in mind. The way if I could find those two or three key characters, I can fill up the film around them. I can film it around them. And not have to you know, worry about having a, a bloated cast. I think the other thing that happens is sometimes you're doing a short film. And then people want to be in the short film. But they don't actually... They don't, they're not supposed to be in there. And people let these like... Like, like sometimes I'm watching a film. And like some other person's in it. And like this is someone's dad. It's someone's uncle. Someone who might have gave some money to the film. And like they wanted to be in it. But they're not, they're not really at all actors in any kind of way. Um, like that, that makes it you know, kind of seem more indie, seem more cheap and, um, or not, 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 not really professional as opposed to a movie like Brick. Brick's one of the best independent films I've ever seen. I think that movie has a, a budget of 800,000 to about a million dollars. It's a Ryan Johnson movie. And when I watch that movie, I feel like everyone in there is supposed to be an actor. I don't know if they all had ambitions to be an actor, but one thing I love about the Brick is I don't have, you don't have that feeling. I feel like these are all people who are going to be in more films, and a lot of them went on to be in more films. I think that's good. Um, I see like other pilots for shows that you know you can see. There's a lot of actors sometimes in it that are young, and they went on to have big careers. So you know they're supposed to be in it. So that's what I want to do. If I'm going to do a short film, I waited this long. I don't want to spend money and time leaving my family and going out and taking my resources and doing something that I don't believe is the right thing. And that's and that's where I'm sticking to my game design, right? I'm sticking to the design of my life, the design for my plan. That's what I want to do. And then next year, looking forward to that. Um, I, I think I will finally be in a position financially where I'll be able to travel around a lot more. I'll be able to get out to Toronto. I really, really want to go to Toronto more than anything um, now. You know, I, I've, I've never considered it. I've always thought California, California. still want to go out to Cali. Um, but now I'm much more excited about making a lot more frequent trips to Toronto. I've been able to meet a lot of cool people through online, through these different Facebook groups. There's a lot of cool um, like film groups in different areas. There's some in Philly. There's some in Toronto. You can find them from every area. I'm actually in one for Atlanta, which is the one that's most active. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a really great group. They actually opened up a new... Um, like Discord channel, and I they invited me over to that recently, and I told them I had no intentions of going to Atlanta, 
But, um, you know, I, I just really love their energy. I love how hard they're working and how supportive they are of each other. And I was like, I would just like to be here somehow. You gotta just cheer you guys on, right? And they let me into their group. Um, yeah, it's just cool seeing them constantly working and seeing that good energy. I believe all of them are gonna have great success in that group. Um, and yeah, you find these people out there that are working and doing these things. And I would love, I mean, I, I would go to Atlanta. I never really thought about it actually. So just now, like as I'm talking, I'm first, first time thinking like, why not travel down to Atlanta? I think I've been past Atlanta. I know I've, dri- I've driven to Florida before, right? I'm going to Florida next week. Um, so yeah, maybe more of that frequent flyer, traveling around, meeting people kind of thing. Hopefully more of that in 2022. Um, as the kids get bigger, as the money, you know, the resources finally start really coming in from all the groundwork me and my wife laid over the last few years. Really excited to see what comes out of that. and Really excited to see what kind of content I can put out for you guys. So if I'm able to squeeze something out from here to there, I think it might be a music video. Hopefully the short film if I could find the right actors. Still not really, you know, don't know if I have a the cast for it. I was recently starting to think about like changing the story to like have different kinds of characters. Cause Rave, which is stands for random act of violence, right? And it also is a like a double entendre for Raven, right? Because like the main character is like a Raven kind of uh like superhero kind of character. Um, and not to get too much into the details of it, but the idea of it is that it can be lots of stories. Kind of like, like, you know, like Black Mirror or something like that, where like every episode could be a different character that um, that is in this situation and, be, and becomes the hero. Or maybe like every season there's a new hero or something like that. You get to see these different people who deal with a violence and bad things that happen to them and how it changes them. Um, so... I have the one story I love the most of the first one. I always thought that we one I could film, the one I could film in Camden, which is where I'm from. It's the area. I know people that are there. I know locations and stuff. I, that story, I don't I don't have a cast for it yet. I don't have people that I think can do it. I thought I did, and then I wasn't able to necessarily lock everybody down right now. So now I'm thinking, maybe I switch a few of the actors out. Maybe I switch the story up and do a different kind of story with what I have, again, like the music video, I'm thinking, well, I have me, so I can do the music video. So just, just focus on that. Um, or maybe do another story with other people that I know can commit. Now that I'm meeting new actors, perhaps I should design something around one of them. But again, I don't. I haven't met anyone, and I don't have a relationship with anyone yet that I feel like, you know, like, oh, as I said, I meet this guy, and he's this, this kind of way. And I say, oh, I can see what kind of character this person, I think, would play and then write a whole story for them, they might not actually commit to it. So that's a lot of work to write a whole new screenplay for some person who may not know if they really want to work with me. So that music video might be the thing I need to do to show them, hey, look, I can direct. This is the kind of video I do, and if you think it's good, um, then you want to do more. And that's that's the confidence I have in myself. I know it's good. I, I had done a video recently. It's still a project that we're we're working on we're developing um, it's kind of like a commercial, and I was I was great. I was grateful for the opportunity. I was so happy I got to do it, and I was so nervous and so scared because I hadn't really done anything live in in almost a decade, probably. Um, but I knew in my heart that if I tried really hard, that I had the ability to do it, and and it, and it came out. I would say like a a B, right? I feel like I definitely can get up to a hundred percent quality on it. But um, with I had, it was a lot of learning experiences. I learned a lot that night, and I had those moments like, ah, oh, I wish I had another chance to do that. If I go back again, I would be even better at it. And I think I've gotten an invite recently to go back and do some more stuff. So hopefully that will develop that and get that to where it needs to be. And that commercial, I think, would be a really, really good thing to show people. Um, and everyone who's seen what I did so far was excited for it. You know, that's another thing too. Next year, getting my camera, getting a real camera for the first time. Um, well, an updated camera. I do have a camera, but again, it's older. So that'll change a lot of things, I think, and, um, and help move those things forward. And I hope you guys, you know, if you get any value from this, I hope you guys just hear me talking about this is what I'm doing. This is my design. And if you're out there and you feel like you got something that you're doing too, you're not alone. You know, there's people out there like myself who are talking and doing these things. I'm meeting more people all the time. Um, and I'm excited for them. I'm excited when I meet other people and I hear them talking about what they're doing. To me, that's the way you should live your life. Why live your life and not chase something, not pursue something? Be excited about your Monday. Be excited about your Tuesday, your Wednesday. Why Why is it just, oh, the weekend's here or, oh, that movie 
that I waited, you know, six months for finally came out. Like, be excited about all your days. You have opportunities and things you can do every day. You should be spending that time chasing things and at least doing things that you love to do. That's why I love getting my hands into so many things. When I feel inspired to draw, I draw. I'm not going to not draw because I've committed to something else and I feel like I can't draw. I'll definitely do my commitment. Anything that I've decided to commit myself to, I'm going to make sure I hit that, like the podcast. But that's why I've also made sure the podcast is the only thing I am 100% committed to coming out every Thursday. Everything else, I don't want to overcrowd my life. I don't want to make too many commitments because I like having the flexibility to do things as I feel like I enjoy doing them. That helps me enjoy my life. And I see all those things over time building, building up. I actually got to do some music production today. Completely forgot about that. Um, I actually spent some time producing some music with my son and showing him some things in GarageBand. And it was so great to... You know, me making stuff in GarageBand and me knowing producers that are really great, I always feel like I suck. Like, I'm, I'm, such, a, I'm such a novice in those things, even though I've been playing with those programs for years now. But then being able to show my son, I kind of saw myself showing my son, and then I had more appreciation. Like, oh, wow, you actually learned a lot of things. Um, yeah, if, you know, in a room with masters, you, you're you're nothing. But in another room... You're not that bad. You know, you, you should probably put some more time into this because um, you really have a solid foundation that little by little I developed. That's not doing GarageBand every day. That's just sometimes messing with GarageBand or Logic Pro. Um, over time, I've just picked up a lot of things that I don't even realize are there. So, you know, I like to hop around to lots of different things. I was actually showing him how to take notes and how to study. That was the main lesson there. And um, he has a music production class in high school, which I'm so envious of. I tell him all the time, like, that's amazing. In high school, he has a video production and a music production class that he can do. And the video production class is four years. He can do it. And also, they're using Adobe Premiere. Um, and for the music, they're using GarageBand. And I'm like, man, I fought and I sacrificed so long to be able to have my own Apple computer and my own iPad and have those programs. It took forever and you just walk into class, and you have those things. I'm happy for him, and I was so excited to, like, also I can help him with some homework um, in a way that I'm like, oh, I'm actually good at these things, or at least I can help you, you know, get an understanding of these things. And I'm excited to see what he becomes and what he might do with it. I, even if it doesn't do anything with it, it gives something to bond with, you know, and, and figure out. But I was happy because that's something I've done. I know people will say, hey, man, you know, you don't, you don't do enough in these programs. You're not, you're not good. And I'm like, okay, that's true. But then this other situation, oh, I do have value. I'm able to do something in this program. And one of the teachers for GarageBand, one thing he pointed out, which I always forget about until I need to do it, is that you can make um, you know, music for the backgrounds for movies and for commercials. And I had recently done a song for that commercial that I'm developing. I forgot about it. I do so much stuff, I forget. I don't even care. As soon as I do it, I'm not even happy that I did it. But then when I look back, I'm like, oh, that was cool. You did produce a song for your commercial. And everyone that heard it just assumed they bought it. They didn't realize I made it, but I actually custom made it for the commercial. So I had the ability to do that. Um, I just don't. I just don't often do those things, right? So, you know, when I look at people and I see them trying different things, I'm always encouraging them. Go ahead. There's no reason not to try. There's no rule that says you have to live life doing things 100% this way or 100% that way. If that's your energy, that's what you like, that's fine. Um, but you can have successful, you you can be successful in both ways. That's what I'm talking about. Like, that's what I love when you're around people and they're encouraging you. I have to give a shout out to actually my friend Anthony, who's probably the only person at this point listening to the podcast if you're out there. I mean, it's, I feel like I don't know if anyone listens the whole hour. I get maybe about 20 listeners on average, but I, I always wonder, like, who listens to the whole half an hour or the hour based on how long it is. But if Anthony's out there, shout out to him because Anthony is super supportive, super positive. He's been a great help with the podcast. He's like the, I don't know, I always, I always want to call him like the executive producer of the podcast. Um, because he's, he's, what I like about Anthony is he always sees possibility. And there's nothing that he loses. If Jason's out there, Jason's like that too. Jason's always been that way. Um, you know, Pete's like that. You know, shout out to some people I know that just, they always see there's possibility. And they don't feel like they're losing something by taking some time to say, yeah, that sounds awesome. Keep going. And from a guy like me, that's always helpful to have someone saying, yeah, you know, get out of your head. You know, that idea you're talking about, you're excited about, go ahead and, and do that some more. 
um, and giving out that positive energy. That's something that I think is very, very helpful. So be that for other people. Go out there and spread that kind of energy around. And again, if you guys are listening to this podcast this far, hit me up. Stay in contact with me. I'm more than happy to talk to you guys about your projects. And a lot of times if I have some time, I'll help. Even if it's a day or two or something like that, I can hop in and do something. Um, I love helping people. I feel like that, that, again, that positive energy, putting it out into the world, not only does it make me feel good because I'm doing it, it helps that person, and I feel like it creates other opportunities. It's so many things that come out of the podcast. It's been so random. So many new friends, so many new opportunities. I never thought the podcast at this level would start giving me these things that money can't buy. You know, I think people look at the podcast, and sometimes people ask me, like, financially, like, what's the money-driven part of this? And it obviously, I would hope that one day there'd be some money that will come out the podcast. That'd be cool. Um, but it the, what makes me love it and drives me every week to do it are, is, is all these other random opportunities, meeting someone who heard the podcast, um, having someone, you know, show up for an interview and then let that leads to another deal, another partnership, another kind of opportunity, just random things. Um, I feel like I'm missing some, right? But is again, these are surprising situations, meet, you know, meeting people online, like I mentioned. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's been such a great icebreaker. And that's what I was kind of hoping the tool would be, but it's going so much further. It's gone further when I see meeting the other actors and, so many things, man. So I'm happy that I'm happy, right? I hope you guys are happy. I hope you guys are happy for me. I hope you guys hear the, that there's more positivity in this episode versus some of the other episodes recently. I know I've been having some episodes where I'm struggling, but I want to share with you guys the ups and the downs. I don't want to sugarcoat things. I don't want to be fake. I want you guys to see in real time, anyone who listens or anyone who looks back, I always think of my kids looking back on this, if they ever wanted to and they got older, and they can see, oh, yeah, look, Dad, he, was, he wasn't he was doing good this week, but then he was doing good that week, right? Kind of like a journal or a diary. They can see those ups and downs because that's real life, right? And they can, and hopefully if I'm not around or for whatever reason or they, they're looking at that, they can say, okay, whenever they're down, hopefully they'll see there are going to be periods where they come back up too. And there'll be other struggles and stuff like that, and that is life. But the podcast has been a great way to do that and kind of showcase that. So I'm going to wrap it up for you guys there. Um, you know, in the world of film and stuff like that, there's not too much I want to talk about except for The Matrix. Every time I look at another movie trailer, I don't really care right now because I want to talk about The Matrix. And that episode is coming to you guys very soon. And then also I have a great episode about finance and real estate, this in development. Um, and then the Wolf of Wall Street episode that I talked about is on the back burner. I don't know when I'm going to do that, but that's going to be a Saturday. Not this Saturday, but one Saturday I'm like, you know what, let's finish the Wolf of Wall Street episode and that one's going to be the most complex episode. I'm really writing it. It's, it's really a lot of research going into that episode, too. Uh, I want to present that in a certain kind of way. So a lot of stuff in the, in the future. If you guys are listening, you can follow me on Spotify. If your podcasting service lets you follow, please follow. Put on the bells. And, you know, over time, we'll keep building this thing and see where it goes. Thank you guys so much. I hope you guys have a great week. And, you know. Thank you for tuning in to that podcast with Sammy Rye. I'm out. Peace.